Hey guys, welcome to Cold Film Interview, the podcast where we discuss the films you love, but no one else gets, and we see if they still hold up. Tonight, it's your one-way ticket to midnight, because we're talking about heavy metal. So let's start the show. Your Hollywood system stole our sex and co-opted our violence, so there's nothing left for our kinds of movies. <laughs> I did not hit her. It's not true. Clopex. 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 Up yours, baby. Me and Bubba, my little brother... Listen to you every night. Where in the hell are we? I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. Thanks for joining us, guys. We really appreciate it. Make sure you head over to our YouTube channel. Check that out. Subscribe. We'd really appreciate it. Also, head over to iTunes, rate us five stars, leave us a review. If you do, we'll give you a shout-out at the end of the show. We got two for you tonight, so pretty excited about that. So tonight we're talking about Heavy Metal. It was directed by Gerald Potterton. It came out in 1981, had a budget of $9.3 million, and it made a whopping $20.1 million. It was filmed in Canada and the U.S. It has a rating of R, and it currently sits at 57% on Rotten Tomatoes. If you don't know what it's about... A glowing green orb, which embodies the ultimate evil, terrorizes a young girl with an anthology of bizarre and fantastic stories of dark fantasy, eroticism, and horror. And horror. And horror. Yep. So, as always, I am joined by people who are talking before they introduce. Kyle Smith. Hey, how's it going? Chris Willenbrecht. Hey, what's up? And Michael Salusio. Hi. (laughs) This... Is Kyle's pick. Kyle, why did you pick Heavy Metal for our whopping two-year anniversary? I don't think I mentioned that yet. Happy two-year anniversary, everyone. Happy two-year. Happy um, two-year. Not uh, you, Chris. No one's you talking to week. you. Yeah. You got a whole week until you hit two years. <laughs> yeah. This is going to follow me forever. No, it is. Yeah, I hate yeah. it. Yeah. Um, I picked Heavy Metal because uh, it was a movie that I watched a lot as a young kid, and I th- I've always wanted to do it on the show, and I, I know we- we've gotten some recent feedback as well that they want us to do this film, so I figured, hey, you know what? Better time than, than ever is now. A better time than ever? <laughs> a better <laughs> time there's, than ever There's never now. been a better time than now. Oh. Look at that. My brain worked. Uh, All right, so has anyone not seen this movie before? I had not seen this movie before. Are you serious? Are you serious? Yes. You're like the last person I would have thought. I never saw this movie, and it's one that I always... You know how you were saying... Um, I forget which film we were talking about. How you say, "Oh, well, I'll get to that." It's all a, of them. It's one of those films that you always think you're gonna see, but you've never actually sat down and watched it start to finish. Yeah. Um. So yeah, first time. So you haven't even started it before. Nope. Did you have any preconceived notions going into it? Just what Just what my mind made up on based on the cover of the box, and then a couple little clips I've seen out there around. Like I never really investigated it. I never really. Uh, had an interest in seeing it honestly what about you mike when was the first time that you saw uh heavy metal maybe when i was a teenager yeah maybe yeah i can't remember i know it was like on tv or something like that i was in uh jr's bedroom popped in the old vhs jr yeah (laughs) skateboard city you know what i'm saying skateboard city we were yeah yeah we were just ripping up the roads on those skateboards to decide to take a break with a little heavy metal you know what i mean were you thrashing no we were (laughs) we were we were kick flipping the whole town Uh, i'll tell you that into a what was it whole town into a what a pop fade pop shove it pop shove it yeah, oh, he said it right this no, time. He what said was it last? Pump shove it. Oh, last I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's a different it's kind a, of it's move. It's a pump shove it. <laughs> Kyle, when was the first time you saw heavy metal? 
Dude, I think I was probably like eight or nine, and I think my I th- I think we got this as part of this is going back to the the uh, summers with my brothers and my dad and doing my going up to the video power store and doing the ten for ten or the twenty for twenty deal that he used to used to work out. And I think this is just a movie that one of us picked up. I don't know who grabbed it. I think it might have been my dad that picked it up. He's like, "Oh, it's a great movie. You guys should watch it." <laughs> really? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and like, and okay. so I was like, Why? "Yeah, we watched it." It was like, and. You know, it's funny going back and watching the movie this time. I mean, there's certain scenes I that are just burned into my brain, like the like the um, Hanover that segment's burned my brain. But the one that I remember the most is the World War II B fifty two bombers with the zombies. That I don't know why that one just stuck in my brain, but some of the other ones were kind of a little uh, fragmented. No, the story is a little bit fragmented. It is is definitely something that I want to talk about when it gets to this movie because I I feel like it's kind of all over the place. And you know what? We should talk about that. When we come right back. Do not try to escape. You are in my control. Look at me. I am the sum of all evils. Look carefully. My power infests all times, all galaxies, all dimensions. But many still seek me out. All right, guys, we're back. We're talking about heavy metal. It's Kyle's pick. Made $20.1 million. Huge hit. That's, um, what, that's what my picks do. That's what they do. My picks make money. <laughs> so, no, before we took a break, I wanted to start kind of going into the story a little bit here. And, um, man, it's, 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 uh, it's definitely an anthology strung together by right. an evil orb. But I'm so like I don't want to jump to the ending right away, but I will. I- I'm so confused by the ending. I'm a little confused by the ending too. You- you're not alone. Okay. Like I'm just like, I don't think I'm any more confused by the ending than I am the rest of the movie. <laughs> well, I thought I I thought I understood. So w- what is this film? It's it's a bunch of vignettes. Yep. Together. Yep. Uh, Taken to probably directly from with the comic. One yeah, with one with one central piece being this orb that this uh, this cool astronaut in a like Chevrolet convertible. It's a, it's a Corvette. Corvette. Yeah, it's a Corvette. It, it is a Corvette. Okay, he, he flies this bad boy to his planet only to get incinerated in front of right. his daughter, uh, and then the orb starts just antagonizing the daughter and is showing what I thought to be uh, his conquests over the years. Yeah. Well, right. it's it's or his over the universe. It's showing. I, I took it as it's showing his influence throughout time and space. Right, mm-hmm. right. But the ending leaves me. It's so perplexed. confusing because he's destroyed before. Yeah, it's like he's destroyed by the own story he told. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the only thing I could factor in is that the orb is transcending is... space and time, and it's telling a story that hasn't yet happened yet. No. And then upon realizing that said story was going to be. I thought a reality. That, yeah, I thought I thought it gets destroyed. I thought I thought the way I took it was that he's he's telling these stories and he's and and yeah he he he's trying to trying to like influence his power over this little girl, but in his maybe in his um, arrogance, he showcases a story in which he actually loses, and then. The little girl knows how he loses. Does that make any sense? Well, she's the reincarnation. From what I got from it, she's the reincarnation of Tarna. Yeah, right. Well, she's part she's of the bloodline, Tarakian or yeah. whatever. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay, but 
the story that he tells her is his own defeat. Yes. Right. Which is not so, her. It's not her. It. I mean, which, imagine which it wasn't is, her. But, the, but here's the no, thing. No, it's not her. And he says that he's there to stop her because she could destroy him. <laughs> no, but here's the thing. Right. If, if, if he was telling a story of his defeat, he would not be there right now telling the story. So even though he's telling a story of how he ha- has lost at one point, he is always a constant. That's what I'm, tr- I'm trying to figure out. Because in, in that case, the only, the only thing I could factor in was that he was transcending space and time. And he was telling a story. Yeah. I, essentially, you could do it's. It's kind of like that that scene in uh, Bill and Ted's uh, Excellent Adventure, where he's like, "What are we gonna do? How are we gonna get the keys? I know. We'll go back in time, and we'll we'll go forward in time. We'll take the keys, and we'll we'll put them behind this bush. Oh, dude, there they are. Like, they're telling a story that is going to happen, but is presently happening because they're transcending space and time. I imagine that that's what the orb was doing. That it was somehow in some weird way. Mm. Recalling a story that hasn't happened yet, I don't and then realizing that when it did happen, oh, I guess I'm dead. Then I don't know. <laughs> I, don't, I, didn't, I don't. I don't. I don't agree with that though because I. Th- I don't I, I feel like I, what, feel I don't like, I feel like the orb was actually. If you could think of it more, if you want to like, re- let's relate it to like comic books. What's the what's the is it is it the Phantom Zone? I'm not big on Superman. What's the prison they put people in in space? The Phantom uh, Zone. That's the Phantom Zone. Okay, so yeah. the almost I I Superman. kind of thought of it like that, where it's like. He, even though he he lost in this distant world, it's almost like he was kind of thrown out. But because he is the representation of pure evil, he can never fully die because man is. He says he'll be back evil. anyways. Yeah, I mean, doesn't he say like I'll be back when you? Yeah, he's only dead for a generation. Right. Right. So, uh, what, uh, as I understood, is the generation of the Tar- 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 Targaryens. What are they? The what? The. Uh, the Tarnakians? Tar- tar- no, Targaryen is from Game of Thrones, jackass. <laughs> Hell yeah, baby. Tarakians. <laughs> it's the Tarakians. The Tarakians. The Tarakians. Tarakians. Whatever. Tarakians. Anyways, some fucking magical <laughs> bullshit is what we'll call it. I understand that, that, they, that he was only dead until a new one came about. So he was dead until that girl... Mm. Uh, died, and then the next one he'll right. come back and do his shit. And but here's the thing: maybe another one will. Ha- what story is he telling? <laughs> he's telling he what he's telling is the story of his influence, and you know this is the thing that kind of bothered me with this movie because at first it started out as an anthology, and I almost kind of equated it to the idea of like uh like if they're going to reference some kind of a biblical thing it's almost referencing the idea of like seven deadly sins so it's like they start out with like here's what happens when here here's how i influence greed mm-hmm. here's how i influence you know okay this this and this but then it just kind of loses its its direction and momentum as the more stories kind well, of went on he's def- almost defeated more than once like then defeats him not, like not, kind not of. It's more like he just kind of he, he, refu- he refuses. Yeah. He refuses the temptation. It's like, yeah, that's it's like that's, the ring. It's like the ring. He refuses the but temptation. Here's the thing. Of the He's ring. trying to teach this girl this lesson of look, I'm immortal and I'm unstoppable. And then he he phrases the last story as I'm going to show you how I destroy your people. And then he's just like, what did he forget the ending? Like, and then what happened? Oh fuck, that's right. I was defeated. Well, never mind. That's what I'm thinking. That's what that's what I'm thinking. That's where I was going with the whole the the arrogance of his being is that he's so arrogant that he he thinks that he hasn't lost before. I must have and won then this. as he's telling these story, this last story, he's like, 
Oh, I just told you how to defeat me. Okay. I mean, yeah, I guess, but for an all-powerful being, it's pretty fucking stupid. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's a stupid arrogant. thing to do. Yeah. I mean, arrogance is one thing, but well, like he forgot the time that he was defeated and he decided to tell her. Yeah, but is she, it his job to tell the next uh Tarakian how like, to beat him? Like yeah. No, no. I mean, just like like what what's the purpose of okay, so this astronaut just happens to catch this orb? Brings it down back to Earth. Nothing just happens. Brings Chris. into his brings it into his house, mm-hmm. and then like that orb is like it's a one way ticket to midnight. I'm just gonna tell you everything, random girl. Or is he like I'm gonna tell you everything because I know that you're the chosen he one. Know, he he. I think it's he very knows. clear that he knows that that girl. But he's trying to break her spirit. I think that's what it these is. Stories. He's trying to prevent think her it, from doing. No, being I think coming. I think he's trying. Her. Yeah, I think he's trying to get her to. To basically, you know, like see how, like, I don't know, I don't understand, like break her will or make her be more apt to, like, to 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 do these bad things or be under his influence. But it's not a good plan. It's I mean, a dumb plan. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't fully to understand. To ultimately it. be like, oh wait, never mind, I'm totally so fallible, and then, you can destroy me at any let time me ask you, you want. That, yeah. that, the, does that mean this is this movie's poorly written? <sighs> no. Yeah, no. <laughs> I'm going to agree with you. I'm going to go with yeah, no, actually, because what I'm going to say is I think the individual stories are written very well. I think this kind of story they try to weave them together to make the anthology a complete thing is maybe a little weak. Like, is Creep Show written badly? No. Like, that's what I'm saying. It's like just an anthology. I feel like they weave the orb into this story more than like a creep show would do. Like uh, yeah. those really all stand on their own. They do, but and, this one, and it's like, just like a the narrator. story, kind of revolves around the orb. Yeah. Like I mean, even when you start with the first story, Harry Canyon, right? Like, like somehow the scientist discovered this orb and gets gunned down, and then his uh, beautiful daughter ends up seducing a cab driver and you know like the cab driver says she's greedy so he vaporizes her in his taxi cab and takes you know ends up taking all the money when he just wanted to split it to begin with and then the orb transcends on into another scenario where it all you know i don't know what this what's the second den. one den which is a great one right like you know which is yeah, which is show, which scepter. is showing, it's is showing, the... yeah, it's showing how like how he was, and that story is supposed to showcase how he was worshipped as kind of like a false god or something, and that and and that belief corrupted and destroyed both sides of the warring factions. You know, so there no side was was better. I have a question. Do you think the orb is a representation of money? Is no. that? Do you think that could be possible? I, I, I might. I might agree with that. I think, actually, I think. I think that the orb is a representation. I mean, it could be. Why is everybody so after it? It's like green, but I also think it's just a representation of human, like the 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 evil that exists in man. The fallacy of man. This is not a like. This is. I mean, this it's not probably not the first time this idea has come around, and it certainly isn't the last cinematically. Like. They've done this with the Red Violin. They've done this with, uh, I think Dead Man's Gun was another one that did this whole thing where it's like, let's follow an object, let's say like in the Red Violin, we're going to follow this violin and show how this violin has been the centerpiece for the worst in humanity. Like, you know, with that, with that film, it's like, you know, everybody pines over this violin 
and then murder and death and greed just surround it. No, that's why I, I, though, I, I mean, I think you make a good point, but Chris, I think more related to this particular film, I would actually be, I, I kind of agree with you. Maybe it does, maybe it is supposed to represent money in some way, because I mean, money, money is like kind of. The root of all evil. Ru- money, root of all power. evil, and they and they look at it as like it, it, it's definitely a source of greed, and more than anything else. And yeah, it's because they cut they touch on all those topics. There's it's kind of like there's 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 greed. There's there's worshiping of it. There's wars with the B fifty two bombers. There's bribery that that happens. You know, in these stories. And then there's then I think the last story is kind of more of like a you have like the peasants who are uprising to take what they want from the higher society that has everything and kind of conquest. And then that's kind of another thing. I'm gonna, it's like a wealth of some, ki- some yeah. kind. I am going to give this a name, and I hope that this catches on. We're going to call it the Omnipotent MacGuffin. Omnipotent MacGuffin. Right, because like as, as we, as we, like a MacGuffin is, is just a plot-driving device for everything else to just kind of move forward. Mm-hmm. But in this particular situation, it's not like a Maltese Falcon, which is just an object. This is a sentient being... Or some sort of um, object that has some sort of metaphysical control over those that surround it. Hmm. Yeah, I like I hope, that. I hope that fucking catches on. Yep. There you go. It was coined here on Cold Film Review. Um, everybody. Yeah, I heard I it here first. What it was. Omnipotent what? MacGuffin. No, omnipotent uh, MacGuffin. Om- omnipotent MacGuffin. Uh, so it's hard to say. I, I I don't know, guys. Like I don't know if. I read that deep. Like I have a hard time reading deep into this film. I feel like I mean, you don't have to read deep into it. It, it, it I mean, it, it's just, it's just a, it's just a reason to put all these stories together. Yeah, yeah. you know. And I don't know if that's, I don't know if that's good enough for me. I well, I agree with you. I, I don't like. We're only having this conversation because we're, we're, I guess, we're questioning whether or not they did that. If you're gonna if you're gonna make a hub like a centerpiece mm-hmm. and then try to surround it with this this weird. This, so everything else is kind of like a weird subplot, and this is the main plot that's happening. This orb antagonizing right. this young girl. I kind of feel like it owes that it makes some sort of fucking sense at the end. <laughs> and this one, it kind of feels like it doesn't. doesn't. Yeah. 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 What do you What do you guys think makes this a cult film? Because I I don't even want to ask the question: Is it a cult film? Because I definitely think it is. Oh, it definitely is. I, 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 I think. Like a I think. I, yeah, I think. I think it's just because of the edginess that it that. It it had when it came out, like you know, the content for for an anime. I mean, you know, this is some stuff that I mean, Chris mentioned earlier, like Ralph Bocci. I don't know if he did mention it yet, but you mentioned you want to speak to it. But it's like no, there's, but he's going to. There's stuff. There's stuff about that. Like there, there's like adult themes in it. It's very edgy in terms of the way it's animated. It's really gritty and weird. And yeah, I think it has all those kind of fine details that go into a cult film. Yeah, definitely. I think it is. It's, you know, it came out at the right time when doing an adult animated film was shocking to some people. Mm-hmm. Um, when you could get away with things that you can't get away with in regular, you know, uh, filmmaking. Um, I think it was definitely influenced probably by some Bakshi or, you know, like they. I feel like he kind of broke into that and made it okay to do something like that. And then Heavy Metal was like, yeah, we can, we can do that, but we can pop it up and we can put, you know, Cool hip music in it, and I, we're I, make, I, you know, yeah. and like we're taking something that already exists in pop culture, and like you know, it's the, this magazine that's mm-hmm. popular, and putting it on the big screen, and Ivan Reitman's behind it, and you know, I feel like it kind of, and, and 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 Harold Ramis is in it, and you know, it's just yeah. John Candy. It's like I definitely feel like it tried to, uh, I guess, I guess the word capitalize 
on at least two people. It's definitely it's definitely Ralph Boxy and definitely Frank Vizetta, who yeah. eventually work together when they do Fire and Ice, and right. they do a few. I th- is that the only one they ever do together? I think that might be the only one they did. I together. think that's the only one. But um, it, it definitely has shades of all of that. Yeah. Um, of those two worlds, because there, there's definitely that sci-fi fantasy aspect to it. And there's also that commentary, like that grittiness that Ralph Bakshi films have. Mm-hmm. Like definitely the cabbie one. Oh, totally. It feels like feels it like feels a, like it had a Fritz the Cat vibe. Yes. Like like mm-hmm. the same style of dialogue and like characters that were within that story were kind of scummy, like like you know what you would find, you know. But it's mm-hmm. also making kind of like a political commentary in a sense, right, or like a social is, commentary, which is which is definitely a trademark of, of Ralph Bakshi films. Yeah, but and, and on the other end. You know, you have that. What was the the guy's name? Orek. What is his name? That's like a vacuum cleaner, by the way. <laughs> Orek. But, um, what was the guy? The kid that? What did he turn into? What was his name? Den. 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 <laughs> Orek. Orek. Not, <laughs> not the fuck even close. Orek. Lord of Orek. Did not turn into a vampire. That is definitely shades of Conan. Yeah, I mean oh, that is just totally like there's a sci-fi kind of version of Conan. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean that's basically what it yeah. is. It was yeah. it had some D and D elements into there, definitely. Yeah, I think the two that I think the two stories that seem like the kind of I think the most out of place. I mean, when you look at those two creators, is probably the World War II one and then the Trial yeah. in Space. Those two movies are totally or those two short stories totally don't fit the mold of either of those creators. I feel like, which but is, they're really fucking good. That's I think. the weird thing yeah. is like I feel like the, the Trial in Space. Which uh, is what is that one? That's Sorry, Captain Hanover Man over Fist. Yeah, Hanover. Is it, is it yeah. a clever name? It's, it's a clever Captain, name. Uh, Captain Stern is the name. Captain of Captain Stern. One. Yeah. Um, uh, that's probably my favorite one. It was really good. I, did you notice that the style of animation even looked different? It, yeah, it was, well, more, it was definitely animators. more cartoon yep, for they had sure. Different animators. Each yeah. each section has like different animators, and except for John Candy's all over this. But well, you know what? Every Canadian comedian, <laughs> Dan Aykroyd, I think. Has something to do with this film. I didn't see his I, name in the credits, yeah. but sure. I mean, who knows? <laughs> uh, he was there. He was we definitely said John there. Candy. Who else did we say? There Eugene was another Harold Ramis. Harold Ramis. Eugene I mean, Levy. Harold Ramis. Yeah, Eugene Levy. I don't, I don't know. If, I don't Levy. know if those guys Level. are from Canada, but I mean, they definitely <laughs> end up working with Harold. <laughs> yeah, they, they were kind they, of a part of the same. They work with time. Ivan Reitman for for yeah. um, a number of years. Eugene obviously. Levy is Canadian. Yes, he is. Yep. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Eugene. Thank you, Eugene. And Cody. Thank you for coming to yeah. America and gracing us with your greatness. Uh, what were your initial thoughts of the animation style? Was it just that you saw the influence of other animators, or was it that you thought it was something completely original? Because I, I will say the first time I saw this, I thought it was, was pretty original for me because I had never seen anything like this before. You know, now seeing other movies like uh, Wizards uh, and, and seeing similar animation style... Um, you know, I don't know if this film is is maybe as influential as I thought with animation style. <laughs> animation style? What, what yeah. do you mean, like the whole sword and sorcery fantasy like sci-fi thing? Or no, I probably did say it way too many times. It's my, <laughs> that's my shtick. That's oh, my thing. So much animation style. No, no, just like stuff. the style of animation itself. Like, <laughs> I mean, it was somewhat oh, reminiscent of cartoons at the at the time with. But not really, you know what I mean? Like you had like shit like Hong Kong Fui on, and then like, but then it kind of reminiscent of He Man, but more adult. I feel like it. I feel like the animation style is just a victim of the, of the times it is. I mean, they definitely went grittier with it. I mean, that first story, that initial story with the Corvette coming through, was just really MTV. Really, it felt like yeah, it's incredibly MTV. It's it's really it, it's weird. It's really 
unclean and like the I feel like the like the the scoping through the frames isn't as smooth as as it could be but they also did like really cool pans and weird angles with those at the animation as well like him walking up the stairs is a really disorienting yeah. shot for some reason do you think that gives it like a, more of a, a feeling to the film itself like with a different animation style so when you get different stories done in these different styles like Take Den, for example. Den changes colors like six times throughout. Yeah, he does. That's a weird thing. The, 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 <laughs> do you think that was like different animators? Yeah. Do you think that was done on purpose? Oh, no, no, no. Or? I think that was the same animator, but I mean. They run out of color? I No, they used a ton of animators yeah. on this, and I think it was the imperfections that actually make it unique. You know, like the fact that it's not perfect. It's not a. It's not like I would even go as far to say that like the Bakshi films are probably better animated than this film. Oh, like I this uses rotoscoping and stuff like that, but like, like, you know, it's not like Akira. Like Akira is like fucking amazing, like animation. I feel like right. yeah. in use of rotoscope. Of course, that comes like nine years later, eight years later. But, but, but this just feels imperfect when you watch it. And do you, like, and do you think that has something to do with the music influence in this film too? Like, I I almost look at this as like the Garage Band. No, I think of, it, I think it's a good idea to, to to look at this as kind of more of a punk rock and like animation style, like heavy metal and all those kind of things. And yeah, I think it's I think it's just simply, I think that the end goal of this entire thing is really to have a cohesive kind of tone or style, which is supported by the music choices, the animation style. And even you know, to some extent, the the kind of uh, chaotic way that the stories are kind of intertwined, but they're not. If that makes sense. Yeah. No, it makes sense. I was was just wondering if like that was kind of like the the thing going into it is like, you know, the 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 music that we're gonna have in this movie, you know, because it's heavy metal, is gonna be you know rock and roll, and you know rock and roll is gritty, so the animation has to be gritty. I'm sure that was you know part of it, but it wasn't the same for that for every story. You know, I have a question: Did the term heavy metal relate to music before this film happened, or after this film happened? I'm sure we, we had this conversation on uh, we had this conversation on Easy Rider. The heavy metal was part of that. It was called heavy metal. The, the heavy metal was part of that that song that's in the intro. Was that was a word. Steppenwolf. And, yeah, Steppenwolf song, and then that that became coined as a term to describe this style style of music that's a little more um, aggressive, I guess. A little more heavy gotcha. than just regular a little metal. A more heavy, a little, little more metal. Yeah, a little yeah. more metal. <laughs> it's, got more, it's got more per ounce. Yeah. You know, it's, more, it's more dense more by dense. volume. I don't know what they were referencing when they started the magazine, if they were specifically referencing something like that. When did, when did the magazine like come that, out? What's the quote? 77. Okay, and then Easy Rider came out. 69 yeah okay so i would imagine heavy metal yeah as I just as, as a musical genre yeah, probably because you look at like before. you look at like black sabbath that's that's you know well, that was called heavy, heavy metal, metal not rock and roll no, yeah that was heavy metal that was well that that's, and that's kind of like the style of the like story is what i would get too right it's this like sci-fi slash fantasy which is like a lot of like metal songs i don't know if the 80s were heavy in like the you know, like the the, the Viking metal. <laughs> I don't know, fucking Viking know. metal. I don't know. I, I just don't, don't know, think but... heavy metal when I hear Journey. You know, so I just didn't know if like the title had an influence I mean, because I mean, of the music. I think I think the music that fits in that category has changed over the years. Obviously, it's gotten stronger yeah, yeah. and grittier. But I mean, you got to think about it in the context of like you know back then, like when you you look at bands like Steppenwolf and Black Sabbath, and they kind of have more of like a grungier sound, and even even some probably 
Journey early Journey songs have a more aggressive, faster tone to them. I don't know that open arms song they played. I was like, why did they put this song in there? Hey man, <laughs> I think the soundtrack is probably one of the best parts of this movie. I mean, I'm gonna say I'm gonna disagree and say it's not that solid. I feel like it's kind of forgettable. It feels like a bunch of B sides like that <laughs> that didn't nobody really liked. That they kind of were like, we can get these for this movie. You know what was funny though? The whole time I was thinking to myself, like the whole time I saw because in the intro bumper it's a music by, and I saw Black Sabbath, and I was like, is that is that Ronnie James yeah, Dio Black is. Sabbath? Yeah, it is. Is that gonna it's... be Ronnie James Dio Black Sabbath? And it plays. I'm like, that's Ronnie James Dio Sabbath. Yeah, that's all right. That's all right. They got Hagar on there too. <laughs> Yeah, what song? Who cares? Like, I mean, what? like the title song, heavy metal. Uh, I maybe because it's the title song, right? I mean, I don't know. It just, I didn't, I wasn't really, I was expecting more. That's kind of why I brought that topic up. Of like, is it based on like the music genre or anything like that? Because I really kind of felt let down with. I think the it's kind of based on maybe maybe the maybe the 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 the, the lifestyle of that, like more yeah, aggressive, fast yeah. pace, like well, grittier. Shit yeah, like that. you think of everything that's going on in this movie, it's sex, drugs, and rock and roll. Captain Stern was my favorite story. What was uh, one of your guys' favorite stories in this anthology? Chris? Honestly, I don't have a favorite because I kind of like them all, like, for their own reasons. And it, Which, I actually watched this one and a half times because I wanted to go, because there was so much going on with each story and first time through not really knowing anything about it, like, it just didn't sink in, like, what it was all about. And, like, even the fact that it was an anthology, not until it was over, I was like, was that an anthology movie I just watched or just a fucking weird movie? Mm. And then going back and watching it another half a time, I was like, okay, this is all clicking together, which made me really appreciate every story for its, like, own reasons. I do like the Den story a lot. I thought that was kind of interesting. Like, I didn't see it coming based on what I had already seen in the film. And then... um I don't know. I like the Tarakian story at the end. What's that one called? The Targmagarian. <laughs> the Targmagarian. I've no fucking idea. I think it's the Tarakian. No, tar- Tarna the, is the name of the story. Yeah, Tarna. So Tarna. I, okay. I like Tarna, and, and and as a matter of fact, like, do you think Tarna might have been, or I don't know. I don't know when that character was created. Like, so we're just talking about Ripley being like a heroine, right? And like a really strong female character. And I feel like that's kind of what Tarna was. Like uh, she... I don't know about that one. No? <laughs> <laughs> Mike, what's your favorite story? My favorite story? Yeah, out of all these in the anthology that is heavy metal. It's probably between Den, uh, the Tar- 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 Targaryen girl Tar- thing. Yeah, Targaryen. Tar- Tarna. Tarna, whatever. <laughs> And, and, and I, I do like the uh, I do like the uh, the the zombie uh, World War Two one. Yeah, yeah. But it, really it feels does feel out of place. It feels out of place in this film because it's, you, because it's the most solid fucking one in it's there. It's a great fucking like, story. I feel like it's the only horror one that's really. It, in there. it is yeah. the only horror one, but it, it's also the one that doesn't have. That was the one. That, There's that, no lesson to be learned in that one, yeah, uh, other than other like, than I think the lesson is war. You know, yeah. I influence and create for, war. You know? I guess. Right, right, right. But it, yeah, there's definitely not like any kind of like, it, it's it's pretty one sided the whole mm-hmm. time. It's not like a battle between two things. It's not right. Every other one has some sort of plot. Some kind of conflict. Yeah, like a conflict and like a story. An like orc. This is the only one where orc. it's, it's kind of like. All right, we're on a plane and it gets infected by zombies and the zombies win. Yeah. <laughs> like I think most forgettable was definitely the the aliens with the robot 
Yeah, that, like, that was that, that was incredibly forget forgettable. What? Yeah, I mean, like I liked it, but like that had the, like the big actors in it. Yeah, but at the same time, it was just kind of like forgettable. I don't know that like, image of really the spaceship. Happened. I feel like is so iconic. Yeah, it's very Independence no, Day. It's cool. Like that part of it's cool, but once it gets started, once you get on the spaceship, I'm just like, I don't even yeah. know. It's, I would say my favorite is probably it's probably got to be the cabbie one oh, at the I beginning. Like that one too. I I love the it it speaks to to my love of film noir with the fucking yeah. gritty shitty voiceover like New York, what a cesspool or whatever the fuck he says. Mm-hmm. And there's just so many so many it, parts of that 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 really stuck with me like when I was a kid seeing it. Like I always remember he had the foot pedal next to the gas yeah. pedal that made like a vaporizer out of the back seat. I'm like, well, that's so dude, cool. Glove <laughs> box full of guns. Yeah. For the like, first, I would say for the first 30 minutes of this film, it's a melt movie. <laughs> it's an animated melt movie. Oh yeah. Well, yeah, like, yeah, well, people I mean, like yeah, to melt. a little bit. People just get vaporized. But I didn't like 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 the because that that cabbie story starts off with this the, the scientist out on I assume a faraway planet digging for things with uh, elephant people. <laughs> like I feel yeah, like that that part that part just like didn't fit to it. Like and but the rest of it definitely took like a film noir approach with this like femme fatale that's like gonna turn on you and try to fucking kill you after you Dude, help her and stuff. The whole so. time I'm watching that, all I could think is like, oh, this is where Fifth Element got it. What? Which one? <laughs> the the first one. Really? The Harry story too. Like the way like the New York looks and just like the the cab driver this is where story. Fifth Element got like, it. Like picking up a, a lady who is in de- in need. Like and yeah. he's well, just a rough, d- yeah. let's be he's let's just be a rough fair. New York. Let's be fair. Let's be fair. Like in Fifth Element, Bruce Willis did not pick up a lady in need. He had a woman crash through the roof of his car, and yeah. he's basically stuck well, with her. Who's a lady more in need? <laughs> yeah, but he didn't actively make that decision. He does as it goes on. It just happened. Oh, to. Yeah. Okay. Lily I guess this just happened to him. She ran out in the middle of the road, and he was like, "Normally, I wouldn't pick up." Girls. I would, I would, yeah. I would say the Fifth Element definitely probably lifted a little bit off of that. Uh, I yeah, mean, no I, mean, I don't know. You think some... Luke Basson is really like heavy metal? That first series, probably, probably. Maybe. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> Why not? I think so. I think so. I yeah. think so I think too. I'll agree. I think that was one of the most enjoyable ones yeah. for me. I thought it was. A, I just yeah, it's got a gritty story, but I do love what to agree with Mike. I fucking love the World War Two one. That one has always been the most memorable maybe it's because i always associated with like other my my brother phil was way into like world war ii movies so it's like maybe that's where the association of it came from yeah. that's why it stuck so much more the but only horror el- horror one yeah really. it, yeah and it had the had the zombie creatures and he lands on that like d- just the, that the whole aspect of it he lands on this island that's full of zombies which is like totally like almost like a paying homage to like a fulci style yeah. thing where it's like you know it's like zom- paying homage to like zombie or something mm-hmm. it's, it's really cool it's weird because i feel like i'm the only one who disliked the den storyline i didn't not enjoy that. I could take it or leave it. Like I just didn't think. I, I thought it was know. kind of fun. I, it kind of felt like a little bit like Super Jail. It or has. Something. It has <laughs> the most. I would say like sexploitation element into it too, as far as the stories yeah, go. Yeah, I would definitely. And say that, that I think that's what hurt it the most for me because it's like, really? yeah, I just didn't enjoy that part of it. I. I, I mean, look, I, I'm a fan of sword and sorcery films, so like. I'm not well versed in them, I'll be honest. I mean, almost <laughs> every every especially during this time, it's like 79 to like 83. Like that's the heyday of cinematic sword and sorcery films. And like sexploitation is like a, like it, it's part of the it's part of the rules. You know what I mean? Like the like the female form is something that is 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 thrown in there oftentimes nude, I mean for 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 that purpose. It's a sexploitation. You know, that that's why I think they even to this day that that entire genre it, has its own weird cult following that exists. Mm. 
So you, know? you, you, you like the Den one, though, because it spoke to your love of Sword of Sorcery it, it, it stuff more? It felt a lot like it, yeah. I really did like no, it, 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 but it I also liked that it... feels the most D&D. I will say that. It feels the most Dungeons & Dragons, straight uh, up. I mean, to me, it did. D&D is like high fantasy, I feel mm-hmm. like. That's more like, you know, dragons and... Yeah, like, Sword and Sorcery you know, is more gritty, I mean, like, gritty, the, like, yeah. bloody the, fucking shit. But, like, the it, whole, like, kid being pulled into a portal and then changing into this barbarian who one of the big, like, saves the damsel in distress and beats the bad guy and doesn't is not tempted. Oh, like, I've never played D&D, so I have no idea how it's a very yeah. it's a very fantasy story well, story thing. Okay, so like when, when I mean to to get into the details, I mean a, an overview of how it normally works. So like Sword and Sorcery does have one it has a pretty uh uh general understanding of like their heroes kind of dictate how that genre works. Like their heroes tend to be barbarians that are only out for their own per- they're anti-heroes. Let's yeah. put it that way is the best way to put it. Like Conan He'll rape, pillage. He don't give a shit. You know what I mean? Now, if he happens to do good in the process of doing that, then so be it. But, you know, his his love in life is really for himself. He's a barbarian. That's his whole goal. This one also kind of had shades of that. Like, this young kid that gets flown into this fantasy realm. Yeah, I mean, he, he does some pretty heroic things like try to save girls. But he's also trying to get laid. Yeah. Like, that's a thing that happens. Mm-hmm. You know? he You know, so... It I don't know. Does what, have that feeling of a I character kinda, that isn't the greatest example of of self sacrificing heroism. Was he trying to get laid though? I mean, because honestly, like he's he, enjoying every he, moment. Yeah, of, yeah, it happens to he him. He even yeah. said he's like, I don't even know what to say. I would like they tried to play it off so innocent with him. Yeah, he said, well, I, I went back kid. to what I say at Earth. You, so, so you're from around here? Yeah. No, he definitely has more of an. I I I wouldn't hundred percent agree with the. Where he's completely Conan the Barbarian because oh, you're no, right, Conan the Barbarian. No, 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 he's not. But yeah, this, he's this not stuff, this stuff definitely bad. happens to him. But yeah. he's like, well, gonna go along no, with it I for get, sure. I get what Mike's saying. The story is based in that, like that realm. Yeah, they're yeah. trying yeah. to base yeah, it yeah, in There's that a lot realm. of nudity. There's a lot of like even male nudity for that matter. He's very, you yeah. know, he's ra- rarely clothed. Mm-hmm. It, you know, it's it's a, it's it has a very hey. Frank Rosetta style to it, which is. Let's have everybody kind of just run around like they they only wear loincloths. Yeah, he said he doesn't want to run around with his dork hanging out. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I always remember that line. Ever since I was a little kid, I remember laughing so hard at that. Yeah, you don't. Want your I'm gonna dork. be walking around with my dork hanging out. <laughs> you don't want your dork hanging out. Uh, it's so funny. That was voiced by John Candy too, who yeah. voiced about nine million voices <laughs> in this movie. Yeah, he was voicing. He, uh, he was almost half the cast. I feel like <laughs> I thought he only voiced two characters. No, it was he was Den. He was the robot. He was the police chief. Um, he was a lot of the people, dude. He oh, the was, police chief that to try to give him a bill for yeah, police yeah. work. Yep, <laughs> a thousand credits Knocks for a for, for a day over. for a day of investigation. <laughs> you know, you gotta you gotta pay. Yeah, you, you gotta pay to play. You know what I'm saying? Let's take a break. When we come back, we'll probably rate this mammer jammer. Hey, do we have any of that plutonium Nyborg left? Uh, yeah, just one big. Uh, it's in the transmitter compartment. Oh, thanks, man. Ooh, great. Think this is enough? Uh, nah, go for broke. Good thinking, man. All right, guys, we're back. We're gonna rate this mammer jammer. Kyle, what do you want to rate? I think uh, I think it's only fair because we uh, completely butchered and fucked up the name all episode long. Um, so we're gonna rate it. We 
We're going to rate it Targaryens. Thanks, Mike. You're welcome, guys. Targaryens. We're going to rate it yeah. Targaryens. We're going to rate it Targaryens from Game of Thrones, not Can from Heavy a, Metal. I've never seen Game of Thrones. Can you send me a picture who that is? <laughs> yes, I will. Okay. <laughs> it won't be too hard to find. Just Google Targaryen. You're yeah, going to come you're across You're golden. Or... You're golden. Okay. Do you speak to text? It's probably easier. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'll go first. Um, man, I don't know what I, what I, I still don't know how I feel about this film. I feel like it's a mess. I really do. I feel like it's all over the place and we haven't done an animation film yet that I feel like I've been excited about. And you know, when I saw this when I was younger, uh, I thought it was the coolest movie in the world. And then going back and watching it now as an adult, I think it has cool elements, but I couldn't get on board, man. Just had a hard time getting on board with this. There's a couple stories that I like, and then when those are done, it's like the rest are like pulling teeth. It's hard to get through. Would you say you couldn't get on board with this one? I just couldn't get on board. It was like speed two. I didn't want to just, I didn't want to get on the cruise liner. No, you're not, you're not on cruise control. Stay off board. Yeah, I want to stay off board. Uh, With that being said, I'd probably give this, I'd probably give it a two uh, for me. I just, it's not my, it's not my, it's not my bag. Sorry, guys. I, it's not saying that it's a terrible, terrible film, but it's not my thing. <laughs> it's not as bad. No, I, no, yeah. It's, it's not my bag, baby. Too low, but yeah. it's okay. You know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, go to Chris next. Oh, okay. Let's go to Chris. <laughs> I'm going to give this a four. Um, oh, too high! We haven't had that in a while. <laughs> too high! You can't pull that out after I pull out a too low. <laughs> Don't tell me! That's just, that's just, that's just yeah, yeah, anyways. Uh <laughs> I'm giving it a four for real. I, I I'd never seen this film before. Um, I had low expectations. Honestly, it was a film I never really wanted to see. I, I've, I seen it on, you know, I remember it on the shelves at the video store. I see it. I've seen the cover art a million times and I've just never been like, yeah, I want to watch that. But now that I got to, I had fun with it. Like I'm not super into animated films, but, um, I, for me, it had all the right elements. Like n- none of it bothered me. Like the the nudity didn't bother me. It actually, I feel like, enhanced the film to a certain degree. I like that it's an adult cartoon. Um, I like the action in it. I like like the stories being kind of convoluted and having to go back and try to figure out what the fuck was going on. I always like films I can kind of dig into more than once, and I feel like this is that film. Um, you know, and I wouldn't say like I'm like a like a yeah heavy metal fan like I'm gonna buy a T-shirt and shit like that. But it's a it's an interesting film to watch, and I, I would recommend anybody check it out if you're into it. So go ahead and buy Chris a heavy metal T-shirt. <laughs> we'll we'll make sure he gets it on. <laughs> All right, uh, Mike, I'm gonna give this film a three and a half. Um, I think it's a solid it's a solid film. Uh, I love the animation in it. I love. A lot about it. I mean, uh, the only thing that I would I would say it, why it doesn't get a four or five for me. Um, I think there are other films that do better. Uh, I think like al- almost all of Boxy's film, except for maybe Fire and Ice. Um, oh my god, I'm totally picking that now that you said that <laughs> shit. How film. dare you, sir? It's all right, film. It's all right. It's all boring. Um, <laughs> oh, it's not as good as those films. Bastard. <laughs> um, You're a bastard. Uh, I, I I don't think it does as as well as that. I mean, the animation is pretty good, uh, but it, it it really lends itself from other other animation that has already existed. Um, it but other than that, like culturally, I kind of feel like it's like an important film in a mm-hmm. weird way. Oh, I don't disagree with that. Even <laughs> and, though, yeah. Oh, like look at I, Co- look at Cody piping up after his two is looking no, no. really <laughs> fucking low. <laughs> Go yeah. back to being quiet. No, no, I don't. I want to walk back those two Targaryens. <laughs> <laughs> no, I stick by my two Targaryens. Like I said, this is just not my type of film. Like 
I can see it being, a, a, you know, a, a popular film, but you know, hey, but so, so is the Mad TV also, show. Also, I want to say, I actually do, I actually really what? do, in, in terms of film in general, I really do like this, uh, like, format. Mm-hmm. I love, like, the vignette style, like, like coffee and cigarettes and, you know, four rooms and, like, all the types of films that do, like, Creep Show, especially. I love mm-hmm. Creep Show. Like, I like films that, like, take, like, a bunch of short films and then turn them into like a big thing and maybe have like some weird layer of like plot connection to them. And this film, I mean, yeah, I mean, maybe that's the only reason I'm not giving this a four is because I feel like the the central the central connector isn't isn't quite fleshed out as it as it probably should be. But um, I like seeing like I'll I'll love watching like a, an hour and a half thing. With different styles and different filmmakers, and like watching that back to back, that's like that's a great thing to me. So yeah, uh, three and a half Targaryens, one one three Targaryens, and one uh, and one and one half half a mother of dragons, one Garion, one Garion, <laughs> just a Garion. Yeah, I don't think that's <laughs> a divisible by Tar. Yeah. But. Kyle, <laughs> um, yeah, I'm gonna give this uh, four Targaryens. Um, I really enjoy this film. I think it's really. Uh, it, like we said on the show, it's 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 a very gritty animated film, and to Mike's point, I absolutely love the anthology aspect of it. I mean, yeah, I do agree that I think the weakest link in this entire film is probably the green orbs uh, linking between all the stories, but it didn't bother me so much because I feel like I feel like that story completely takes like the backseat in the final product that you get. And you just get to kind of enjoy these individual stories throughout throughout the film that are all interesting and unique in their own sort of way. I mean, you get a film noir, you do, you do get kind of a horror movie. You kind of get this comedy cartoony thing with the uh, with the spaceship one with the 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 captain. What is his name? Captain Stern. Captain Stern. You get that in there, and it's just this this really healthy mix of different approaches to storytelling, and I love that about this movie. And um, yeah, maybe the music isn't as on point as it could have been with the title like Heavy Metal, but it's still good. It's still a so really entertaining. Was it in there, Chris? Or Slipknot was it in there for you? <laughs> yeah, I need a more Rammstein. <laughs> Chris Sorry, jokes. That, that was like one of his favorite bands when he was yeah, younger. Was Sorry, they didn't have enough Marilyn Manson. <laughs> there for it you. is. That, there would, it is. that would be the one. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, they didn't yeah, have d- enough. I, I, I wish there was just a lot more a lot uh, of beautiful people <laughs> happening in this. That would be awesome. Anyhow, that's all stupid, but whatever. Four Targaryens from me. Go check it out. You never seen heavy metal. So it's, it's an interesting movie. Maybe a little corn got the life in there for your Chris. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking more. It's late shit. I mean, dude. if you're gonna you do, do Slipknot, I want to do uh, Eeyore, the hidden track, please. Thank yeah, you. That's a good one. Hidden track. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, that's our show for this week. But before we go, we have two shout-outs that we need to do for reviews. So let's get those read. Um, I'll read the first one. This one is from American Mythos number one. He's the first American Mythos. Like it? OG. And the title of his review says, Better than Tiny Roberts Beastmaster Crotch Shot. <laughs> Fucking love it. It's hilarious. He says, I love this podcast. Top-notch, all-around by a bunch of guys who genuinely love cult film flicks. I got to I got to clip close to the screen for this one. A plus 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 plus. It's a lot of pluses. Damn, it's a lot of that's pluses. That's the best grade you can get. That's yeah. that may be the most pluses we've ever got. 5 stars and a several pluses. That's, that's, a, that's definitely like a sextuple of pluses. <laughs> sextuple is right. <laughs> How many is there? 6? Yeah, sextuplet. Like 7. 
Uh, you can go back and listen to it. Septup, septuplet. Uh, I don't know. I'll Targaryen. Sex Targaryen. 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 All right, I got the next one. Here we go. Okay, okay, this is from Louis Loves Film. Also does Chris, Kyle, Cody, and Mike. So uh, <laughs> gave us a five star review. Thank you, Louis. Um, he says, or she says, I love listening to these guys. They tackle some great movies with fun banter. If you love cult films or film in general, you'll love this show. While well, you're too kind, Louis. Thank, Thank you, you so Louis. much. You know, people who love film don't tend to like our show, but that's okay. <laughs> that's all right. They, they, they tend to go like, what the fuck did they... Targaryen. Targaryens. <laughs> It's Terrarian, <laughs> goddammit! Terrarium! <laughs> it's Terrakian. Uh, the ratings will spike with these Game of Thrones references in this episode. As, as they often do. As they often do. You missed our calling. Alright, guys, make sure you follow us on social media. Alright, guys, make. <laughs> Shut up, Chris. Alright, guys, make sure you follow us on social media at coldfilm underscore review on Instagram and Twitter. You can also follow us on Facebook. Make sure you subscribe to our YouTube and our iTunes. That really helps us out. Guys, thank you for doing those reviews. Thank you for sharing us on your social media platforms yourself. We really appreciate that. And then, uh, you know what else? What else? You can follow Kyle. You can follow me on Instagram at coldfilm underscore Kyle. You can follow Chris Cult film underscore Chris on Instagram. You can Instagram. follow Mike yeah! at Mike Salusio on Twitter. And you can follow me at VHS Collect on Instagram. Remember, if you're going to join the cult, just make sure they're watching movies. We'll see you next week. <laughs>